Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler, and my guest today is Joe Ritchie. Joe Ritchie lives in, in Cohoes, and he has been fighting Norlight. So, Joe, um, you're leading the crusade for, for Norlight. What made you interested in in this particular issue? Well, thank you for having me today. And, um, yeah, so what made me really inspired to fight against this facility? Um, I've lived next to Norlight at the Saratoga site's low-income housing development for my whole life, and we only live 100 feet away. Uh, and we've always had issues from black dust on our window sills to unbearable smells going outside. Sometimes we have to hold our breath to black snow uh, when it snows out. And uh, we always had questions. Ooh. And when we and we when we heard them incinerating PFAS a couple of years ago, uh, that's when we kind of sprung into action and um, started to get re- real results for the community and answers that people have had questions for for decades that we were able to, uh, within a few months. So, um, yeah. So, actually, what does Norlite do? What's the purpose of Norlight? Sure. So, what they bill themselves as is a an aggregate company, and they a lightweight aggregate company, and they create this material called um, aggregate, which goes into, like, cinder blocks or other <laughs> building materials that makes it a lot lighter to use for construction use. But what they actually do is, in order to make that aggregate, they incinerate hazardous waste as their fuel. Uh, they can run on natural gas, but that wouldn't make sense because they get paid to take up, to take this hazardous waste from all over the country, and um, and they incinerate it just a hundred feet away from where we are. So in in our minds, uh, they're not an aggregate company, but a hazardous waste incinerator. So what what is the health effects of your your neighbors been yeah so we've um we've talked to residents you know doing you know just we're not um i'm not a health expert but just talking to many residents um when they move in their kids asthma um we've we've some of my neighbors across the street and the entire street has gotten cancer and we, we don't know why um maybe early forms of silicosis in the area. We have no idea. That's the potential disease that you can get from inhaling this type of dust. And we've actually heard about someone dying of silicosis in the area. And they did not work in a construction uh, business. Uh, They just simply lived near this facility. Uh, So there's a whole range of problems. And actually the health department uh, finds an extremely high rate of lung cancer in our area. Um, they haven't necessarily pointed it to Norlite, but if we look throughout the county, um, it's only in certain industrial areas we're finding high rates of lung cancer. I'm sure, I'm sure that all of these illnesses did not spring up all of a sudden, but they, they've been with the community for a while, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, a lot of these diseases don't happen overnight. You know, there's a big, <clears throat> there's a long latency period, you know, when, when one can get sick from when they're exposed. 
and the issue is that Norlight incinerates different things almost every single day, if not hour. Uh, it's it's insane the stuff that they can burn just a hundred feet away from where people are living, um, and the activity that they're allowed to do. So mm-hmm. the, the people that are living in the immediate area are in a are in an immediate danger with all of these chemicals and dust that they're being exposed to right now. So you want the uh, you want no light shut down. Um, Randy the other day asked this question: What is this decision based on? He thinks that there's no concrete facts to base any decision. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah. So no, I think you know. Um, and the issue is that. Norlight has been a repeated violator of environmental law uh, for as long as they've been open. The DEC has uh, their own list of violations on their website, and they have to update it actually for violations of 2020 and I think 2019. Uh, They're constantly um, being exposed through their their dust emissions that are, are frankly deadly if you're exposed to them long enough. Um, and they're just a gigantic headache for the entire city of Cahoes in the immediate area. I mean, it's so bad that my um, housing development is being relocated and completely demolished because of the dangers that Norlight poses. Um, <clears throat> if Norlight wasn't there, people could live their lives happily ever after. But unfortunately, the people around Norlight and the immediate area are suffering the consequences of letting this industry mess with us. I mean, it's gotten so bad. The New York, the New York State Attorney General is now investigating them. Um, this has never now, happened before. How many people live in your building? We live. Um, it's it's a few buildings. It's, I I can't remember how many. It's like maybe ten or twenty, but I would say there's seventy families, and there are approximately I don't know, two to two to four people per household. So you can do that math. Okay. I'm not too good at math, but at least you know, 150 to 200 people um, being immediately affected by this. Okay, but there's also, um, if I'm correct, single-family housing in the area, right? Oh, yes. Yep, right across the street. um, There are people who have, you know, invested in our community, uh, put their, you know, families through the whole community in Cohoes and, yeah, build their lives just in my neighborhood. Um, my friend, uh, my friend Ed Sokol, you know, he lives on Etzel Place there and his whole family pretty much built that street and they all have come down with some form of cancer um, and, and his neighbors that are not family related. Um, and that's just <laughs> literally across the street. So when you decided to go public with this crusade, if I if I can call it a crusade, sure. what was the first what were the first steps? What did you do? Well, the first steps was you know I attended you know I was um, I'm 21 now so I was what 19 19 20 then and I I did what any concerned citizen should do when there's an issue, and that is raise questions to our local elected officials. <laughs> Go to the meetings that they that they're hosting about these issues, 
and tell them how I feel. And I wasn't necessarily satisfied with that, with what their answers were. And I met up with the Sanctuary for Independent Media over in Troy, and uh-huh. I got connected with a bunch of a bunch of great people, including Judith Ank, our former regional EPA director, um, and other environmental advocates from across the state and nation. And the first thing that we really rallied against was making sure that they cannot incinerate PFAS, which is a, a cancerous chemical that they were doing illegally for two years. And um, we were able to get one of the nation's first laws banning this material um, of incinerating it. So um, through that action, we were able to really rain down Norlight. And now we're focusing on the dust and their bag house emissions because um, people are, are just being exposed to it by an exorbitant amount of of dust and unfined particles. And through our work and through our uh, discoveries, you know, we've helped launch a, a New York State Attorney General probe into Norlight on this dust issue. So without, without our advocacy, nothing that's going on today would have occurred. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a fight, but it's a, uh, it's a fight well, well worth it to get answers for the public. So if there's a number of people that you know of, your friends and neighbors, who are ill, very ill, um, did they encourage you to take up the banner? Did you do it on your own? I find this very interesting that you should, you know, single-handedly take take this issue and run with it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't take all the credit. Um, we There's definitely a good coalition of us, uh, you know, with maybe maybe 100, 100 of us, really. Um but no, I mean their their stories and their their fights in the past have kind of inspired me to to put it across the finish line for them, and they've been brave enough to to re-enter this fight with us. Um, and you know, people in my area never had hope with with the fight against Norlight, and our organization has been able to give them the hope, and that's what really puts me that keeps me going. People who have been cynical for so long now have hope. And if we're able to help them with that, get them the answers they need, um, then it's, it's, it's a fight well worth it. So when I interviewed Randy Knistig the other day and I asked him about his tenure on the Camera Council, he said mm-hmm. the particular issue that you're working on was never addressed. Um, nope. So... You know, this is a sleeping giant. Um, yeah. What is the reaction? What is the reaction of of your friends and neighbors and, and people in Cohoes? Yeah. So, what are they doing? No, no, I mean, what, you know, when he was on the council, we had a mayor who uh, was very friendly to Norlight. So no, this never would have happened. Um, now we have a mayor, you know, who's willing to do a lot more than any other mayor in the past. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, but we need him to do more and to advocate for more of the residents. Um, yeah, what do people think? You know, they, like I said, we've been able to uncover so much that this giant has been hiding. 
um, that people have had questions for, and their eyes are really opening. Um, there's still a lot of questions out there. You know, some people like to make comments, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but that's based off of, you know, because they, Norlite's information has never been out there before. But now when you go online and you look up Norlite, uh, Norlite and Cohoes, you find hundreds of articles now just saying the issues and the problems associated with Norlite. And it's a public outrage that people I've talked to. You know, why should we have to move because of Norlite? Why do I have to cover my mouth to get my mail at, at, during the day? And why is the snow black? You know, this stuff doesn't happen. You know, the snow does not turn black on the other side of the city, on, on the more, I would say, richer, but they're not really rich people, but compared to low-income housing, they are. Um, their snow is white, uh, you know, the people who live up on the hill. Our snow is black. Why is that? And, you know, it's an injustice that we're trying to fix, and we're trying to change the, 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 the culture in, in Cohoes regarding this environmental issue. Because we're, it's just going to be a, a headache after headache after headache if this facility continues to stay. So before you raise this issue, the people mm. running for office, they never talked about it in their campaigns or they never proposed legislation to help the people in the area. Is that is that right? Am I right? Well, you know, when I, you know, from my, you know, young memory, I cannot remember any campaign or mayor in the past really focusing on Norlite. And that is the truth. You know, we've, before, uh, you know, we got involved, like I said, there was hardly any kind of news coverage about this or anybody campaigning about this. And now, you know, we've had assembly candidates. Now we have congressional candidates campaigning on this issue. Um, and we're, we're going to have citywide uh, officials now campaigning on this issue of Norlite. So our organization has really bumped this up and really revealed that this is, a, is not a giant, but a, a supervillain. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I'm convinced that some of these officials knew what was going on, but they knew the public did not. And now we do know. And now, they've, now they're a little bit more vocal to this issue because we are. So as long as we can help change their opinion, you know, that's, that's fine by me. You can always become a better guy, a better guy or girl. Um, a, couple, a couple minutes ago you mentioned black snow. And you just said yeah. that um, the, a lot of the people in the <clears throat> area wasn't familiar with everything that was going on. So I would think that black snow would be an indication that something was wrong. So in in those years when you would see the black snow and did people not say, oh, my God, this snow is, is dirty, something's causing this. Was that ever brought up in conversations with your friends and neighbors? Yeah, so it it was always blamed on us just living on a on a on a busy street. You know, oh, we we live on a busy street. This is what happens, and we were kind of brushed off um, until again we found out. Nope, that's not true. It's not because of the busy street. It's because of Norlight. 
And, you know, a, a lot of us in the development said, oh, you know what, this is probably Norlight. But, again, we were always brushed off. But then when we started to organize and get results, um, then they listened. And now they can't ignore it. And it, the, the black snow is still happening. It's not like it's, it's a thing of the past. It's still happening. And we have to really see why, why, are, why are our children playing in the snow and getting their hands dirty? They have no idea. I had no idea about it when I was younger. As a fact, I was a little kid. I was eating the damn snow. So it, it's, it's a threat. It's a public health threat to our entire community. And, and you're okay physically, right? So far? Well, for now. <laughs> for now I am. Um, you know, but I don't I don't know what will happen, you know, 20, 30 years from now. Um, like I said, a lot of these um, things have a long latency period of when they decide to show up or not. Um, what I do know is that a lot of children who have moved into Saratoga sites that never had asthma before, that parents never smoked, now have breathing issues and asthma problems. Um, and we don't know why. Well, we don't know officially why, but we can make our guesses. Um, so it's a waiting game have in regards friends, to people's health. I have friends in Troy who said that Norlite affects them. So it's sure. not only to your, your neighborhood, it's wide-ranging, right? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that's, this is the issue about environmental problems. People think it's only a local issue when it's actually a entire community, state, country, and world issue. Um, anything that happens anywhere affects everybody. I mean, the whole systems are interconnected together, and we have to think about this as an issue that affects all of us, not just our friends across the river or our friends in South Dakota, but that affect all of us, our health, and our neighbor's health that is being affected. Um, and we've seen studies where emissions from these facilities can go over 200 miles from where they were emitted. So the entire capital region is subjected to Norlite's pollution. So is Norlite only uh, located in upstate New York or other other branches in New York yeah. or throughout the country? Yeah, so Norlite is, there's only one Norlite in, in the country, but they are owned by a, a multinational company called Tradeby, which is based in Spain. Um, and they have facilities across the world, essentially, that may, maybe not necessarily do what Norlite does, but are owned under the prefaces. And they're, they're, United States headquarters, I believe, is in Indiana, and the CEO is Jeff Beswick, and uh, he has been a a clown and a complete disregarder of community's concerns and feelings, and they're only concerned about what makes them richer, unfortunately, and us bringing up legitimate questions um, has been mocked by them, Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens, but there's not a class action lawsuit against Norlite. Um, so, you know, the, the time is ticking on, on for Norlite, uh, and the public is getting increasingly and increasingly tired of, of, their, of their shenanigans, really. 
So Norlight came into existence before you did. When did yes. Norlight? When did Norlight uh, develop? Uh, when did Norlight get into Cahos? What year? How long has it been there? Yeah. So I I don't know the particular like exact year. I do know though that Norlight. I could give a range of dates, you know, it was probably between the late 1950s to early 1960s, Norlite was established. And then Saratoga Sites was established, you know, mid to late 1960s. And an interesting book actually called, I might mix up the title here, but it's called Big Ben, Uncle Mike and Me by Paul Van Buskirk. Um, right. He outlines the history of Cahoes and that the politics of Cahoes. And he actually mentions when the city of Cahos was was wanting to develop Saratoga sites, he said that that plot of land was just a dust field because of how bad the industry was. So they knew even back then that this was an undesirable piece of land, but they decided anyways, because of the powers that be back then, to put low-income people next to this polluting facility. And, you know, I, I, I know people that were kids uh, that lived at Saratoga sites during that time that still live there now um, because of our issue with generational prop, uh, poverty. And all of their family members died off quick, especially back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an unfortunate reality of how policies were back then. Um, but we're looking to change that now. You know, uh, this is a subject near near and dear to me because I'm a cancer survivor. So if cancer is caused in your area from environmental issues, I think people should know about it. So what's next for um, your organization? What is your organization called? Yeah, so um, our action organization is Lights Out Norlight. And my organization that likes to, you know, do community events and support community members is Saratoga Sites Against Norlight Emissions. Um, Mm -hmm. And the next steps that we're doing is we want to um, make sure that the city of Cohoes is doing the right thing with the removal of residents and demolition of Saratoga Sites. We want to make sure that they do it in a responsible manner and that whether that be testing the soil before any development occurs or or any cleanup that needs to occur. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure that uh, local residents have the facts and knowledges that their council members are voting on. Um, oh. So I think in the next few, we're going to make sure that they have, um, next couple of weeks, we're going to make sure that they have the facts that they need and the council members have the facts they need to make a informed vote. Because this is probably one of the most important votes of hoses recent history in my guess so you said this this uh company has been there since the 1950s uh and so what was the what was the factor that caused you to say i'm going to take this you know and and run with it what was it exactly that caused you to do this? Yes. Yeah, so what exactly caused me to do this was when we found out 
that they have been in, that in 2020 or 2019, uh, I think it was 2020, that they were incinerating AFFF or a cancerous PFAS chemical um, that even in the lowest exposures can cause human harm. Um, and when I found that out, I was I was nervous because we heard about Hoosick Falls and, and their contamination with PFAS in their water. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, things were going the right way. And then that's when I got connected with everybody at the sanctuary and Judah Thank. Um, and we started to connect the dots. And then that's when the whole, that's when the train started. You know, we, we got on the next goal and the next goal and the next goal. So, you know, we're, we, it's, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind. What does Norlight do? What does Norlight do? You know, when my, my grandfather would come in, he would, when I was younger, because we don't have central air, we only had AC units. And when he would help us take it in or take it out of the window, um, at the end of the season, the, the the ACs would have this black film on it, and the paper towel would be completely black. And mm-hmm. we wondered, what what is this stuff? And he always thought it was Norlite. And now I've sent that dust to get tested, and it certainly is from Norlite. So, so Judith Eng's husband is um, – uh, a noted environmentalist, uh, Mark Dunley. Has Mark contacted you about this issue? Yeah, I I work with Judith and Mark almost daily. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's um, someone who actually connected me to them was was Dave Pueblo, and um, he's now working on a documentary about this whole issue. And, um, you know, it's, it's been great forming these relationships and friendships with these people um, and really getting to know issues not only in Cohoes but across, across the nation and uh, that there's a lot of work to be done. And it actually makes me a little excited to work on many of these issues across the, across the state and across the country. So what's the next step for you guys? Yeah, the next steps are basically we just want to make sure that the city of Cohoes and the residents know exactly what's going on with this whole Saratoga sites process. And we're going to hold informational sessions, I hope, the next week or so um, to make sure that people know what's going on in the city of Cohoes. Because it's under my impression that this, is going to be pushed along and that there's not going to be much public input before a vote is is cast. So you think this is going to be a big issue in the next election in in this city of Cohoes? I'm I'm certainly going to make it a big issue. (laughs) Okay, Um, good. Yeah, we definitely are. Okay. So our time is up for the for the day, and um, I hope to have you back on as as you work on this issue. I think it's great that you're doing this. So I'd love to have you back on Focus on Albany, so you could talk about you know what your next step, what your next initiative, because you're kind of like David versus Goliath. Yeah. So you. 
You've been listening to Joe Ritchie. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Joe, thank you. Have a great day. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you.